Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. First of all, that was all out of order. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, girlies. How are y'all doing today? I hope you are feeling fantastic. Today I'm having a blissful day. I was in the weeds, I want to say like three hours ago, but I just made me a coconut lavender latte and decided to do some deep breathing and I calmed myself down because no one is going to ruin my day. So with that, I hope you are feeling wonderful today, and we're going to jump right into it. Actually, no, I lied. Updates, as always. I took my services back to YouTube. I don't know what's been going on on TikTok. Of course, I am still posting on TikTok every day, and also in the next episode, we're going to be talking about my fan, my financial fast that I started. If you follow me on any of my social medias, well, if you follow me on YouTube and TikTok, you've seen that I've started a financial fast. And if you just listen to on here, basically, I am doing a 21-day financial fast where I do not purchase anything outside of my bills and I do not use any plastic so I can't use any credit or debit I can only use cash and I can only use that cash on essentials outside of like paying rent and stuff of course that's like auto drafted out of my account but again that's a bill um so I am on day I think it's day nine <laughs> it's only the, I like I'm on day nine and we're going to get into it in the next episode, but I'm currently doing that and I'm posting everyday reminders and how I've been doing and also the assignment that I have for that day because with every day there is an assignment to do and I'm really learning a lot about my relationship with my finances and where I really want to go. So fun and exciting stuff to hear. So I've been posting all throughout my journey every day. So follow me on there if you want to keep up. And other than that, so that's the first update. And because of that, it's made me focus more on content. And I've been taking my services to YouTube. I don't know what's going on lately, guys. But for some reason, I have not been seeing any of the black women that I follow on my TikTok. My TikTok algorithm has completely changed out of nowhere. And it's very odd. Like, I don't really see anyone that I follow. And I don't see, like, when I stay on my For You page, right? And I don't even see black women pop up like that. And it's being reflected in my videos. Like my videos aren't even being pushed. I have 70,000 plus followers on TikTok and my last videos have gotten like 400, 300 views. I am very confused. So yeah, sis is back on YouTube and uploading vlogs and everything through there. So just, you know, shameless plug. But those are the only updates that I do have. And I will say I have been gone from the podcast for two bye weeks simply because I've been studying for the certification, which I received. Yay! I would insert like a yay sound there. And I'm, I'm so happy that I received it and God has allowed me to like retain the knowledge and the information. And I felt like I was going crazy for a minute, which is which is why I wrote this <laughs> this episode so that's why I've been gone but I'm back and these are the three ways you have caused your own mental suffering I do want to note that the enemy has his way on putting how do I say this injecting negative thoughts into our head and into our dreams, into our heads. And, you know, I've talked about getting peaceful sleep and everything. And the number one way the enemy does attack me, of course, it's different for everyone, but mine is usually with my sleep. Like, I don't know. The devil don't sleep. The devil does not sleep. And I'm just like, how lame? Like, bro, 
How lame for you to try to kick somebody when they sleep, when they down, right? But also, it does happen while we're up, and that is usually in our thoughts. So just a little food for thought right there, and the enemy does attack us, but there are things that we kind of allow and things that we do invite, whether it is consciously or subconsciously into our life to kind of cause our own mental suffering and to allow the devil to have a playground. I'm laughing because it's so funny, like sidebar, sidebar, right? I go off on a tangent, but it makes sense. The devil's playground, aka I call LA, like Los Angeles, the devil's playground. Sorry if you live there, trying not to offend you. But Los Angeles, in my mind, is the devil's playground. Like, I just feel like the state of California is, I don't know, like, cursed. Like, they just have a lot going on. Contrary to, like, all the other states in the United States, like, they got earthquakes, they got fires. Like, they, it's just a lot going on there. But anyway, um, so when I thought about that, like, you don't want to build a playground for the devil to just frolic and, like, play around in your mind. And these might be the ways you're doing it. So first things first. Living in a constant state of panic and fear. Now, fear and panic is not something that comes from God. And although I don't want to cause black and white thinking (laughs) with you all, some things have to be black and white. So at the time when I was going through all this mental anguish or whatever, I was basically told that I had this thing called like distortive thinking or I was having distorted thinking habits. And just because you have this, these habits doesn't necessarily mean that you are like diagnosed with this. It's a slippery slope. But let me go ahead and just explain some of these habits until you know, you know, like if I'm reading you, sis, it's OK, because I'm going to have some um, some things to do afterwards. But anyway. So causative distorted thinking is a type of thinking patterns that emphasize a negative basis. So negative thought processes and your brain and you basically put an emphasis on negative things. So in research from 2017, it suggests that people may develop cognitive distortions to cope with adverse life events. And especially if we're talking about minorities and women in life, there may be some negative life events. And not only that, when you factor in childhood trauma, adolescent trauma, and just day-to-day life activity, there may be failures within the economy. There's so many things that can go on. So in other words, experiencing stress could cause you to adapt your thinking in these ways and basically survive in this way. So I was like, dang, as, as she was going through this, I was like, this actually does sound like me at the time, right? And so there are different types of cognitive distortions, but we're going to talk about the 10 common thinking patterns. So the first one is polarized thinking, sometimes called all or nothing and or black or white thinking. And I'm laughing because when she said that, I was like, girl, but things are black and white. Like, what are you talking about? It either is or it isn't. It's either God or Satan. Ain't no in between, sis. And... This distortion occurs when people habitually think in extremes without considering all the possible factors in a given situation. So certain things are, you know, black and white, it is or it isn't. But when you have the pattern of generalizing this for everything and going to the extreme, then you may be experiencing and exuding polarized thinking. So when you're convinced that you're either destined for success or doomed for failure, that is an example. The next one is overgeneralization. 
When people overgeneralize, they reach a conclusion about one event and incorrectly apply that conclusion across the board. So a bad day doesn't mean a bad life. Or a bad hour doesn't mean a bad month. Just because one thing happens doesn't mean you can overgeneralize it to blow it up to an extent, right? For an, uh, here's another example. If you're low, if you're score low on one math test, you conclude that you're you're hopeless at math in general, and it's just like you just had a bad day, right? And this overgeneralization has been associated with post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety disorders. The third one we're going to talk about is catastrophe, y'all. I don't understand, like, what am I having problems saying some of these words today? Like, what is going on? This disorder of thinking leads people to dread or assume the worst when facing the unknown, despite lack of evidence. So when people catastrophize their ordinary, their worries become escalated super quick. For instance, an expected check doesn't arrive in a mail. A person who catastrophizes may begin to fear it will never arrive. And as a consequence, it won't be possible to pay rent and the whole family will be evicted. So it's like, how did you get from one thing all the way to eviction? Sometimes things can just be late. So it is easy to dismiss catastrophizing as a hysterical overreaction. Still, people who have developed this cognitive distortion may have experienced a repeat of adverse events like chronic pain or childhood trauma so often that they fear the worst in any situation. Next one is personalization. And this is one of the most common errors in thinking is taking things personally when things are not connected or caused by you. You may be engaged in personalization when you blame yourself for circumstances that aren't your fault or beyond your control. Another example is when you are incorrectly assumed that you've been intentionally included or targeted. Personalization has been associated with heightened anxiety and depression. Next one is mind reading. When people assume that you know what others are thinking, people are resorting to mind reading. With this cognitive delusion, you may also assume that others are thinking negative thoughts about you. It can be hard to distinguish between mind reading and empathy, the ability to perceive and understand what other people may be feeling. To tell the difference between the two, it might be helpful to consider all evidence, not just the evidence that confirms your suspicions or beliefs. At least one study found that mind reading is more common among children than adolescents or adults associated with anxiety. And we have mental filtering. This disorder thought pattern involves the tendency to ignore positive and focus exclusively on the negatives. This is known as mental filtering. Interpreting circumstances using a negative mental filter is inaccurate and can also worsen anxiety and depression. I speak from experience, y'all. I really speak from experience when saying this one. Researchers have found that having a negative perspective of yourself and your, and your future can cause feelings of hopelessness. These thoughts may become extreme enough to trigger suicidal thoughts, y'all. Next is discounting the positive. Like mental filters, discounting the positive involves a negative base in thinking. As some suggest, discounting the positive essentially means that you are either dismiss or ignore positive events. 
People who tend to discount the positive don't ignore or overlook something positive. Instead, they explain it away as a fluke or sheer luck. Instead of acknowledging that a good outcome results from a skill, smart choices, or determination, they assume that the good results must been from an accident or an anomaly. When people believe that they have no control over their circumstances, it can reduce motivation and cultivate a sense of learned helplessness. Next, we have should statements. And this one, I decided to like rewatch Insecure, but I had to stop because it was just too much sex in the show. And I'm like, damn, you can't even watch TV without watching porn nowadays. Like, what is going on? But anyway, I was, before I stopped rewatching it, I was rewatching Insecure, and Molly expresses this very often. Watching Insecure as an older woman now, as a more mature woman in the workplace, like the show does make sense. And I can really emphasize with Molly. So should statements are when people find themselves thinking in terms of what should and what ought to be said or done, it's possible that a cognitive distortion is at work. It is rare helpful to chastise yourself with what you should be able to do in a given situation. Should and ought statements are often used by the thinker to think in a negative view of their life. So my example, right, back then, when I was really dealing with this, I should be married by 23. I ought to have been. When, when you talk to people and they constantly use this should have been this way, I should have been this way, um, our circumstances should be this, I should have this much money, these such thoughts can diminish your self-esteem and raise anxiety levels. Emotional reasoning. Emotional reasoning refers to the false belief that your emotions are the truth and that the way you feel about the situation is a reliable indicator of reality. And I talk about this all the time with this, y'all, because emotions do not last forever. How you feel in this moment is not necessarily how things are. An emotion is just an emotion, and that's just that. So while it's important to listen to, validate, and express emotion, it's equally important to judge reality based off of rational evidence. Researchers have found that emotional reasoning is a negative cognitive distortion. It is a pattern of thinking used by people with and without anxiety or depression. The last one is labeling. Labeling is a cognitive distortion in which people classify themselves in a negative way following an undesirable event. For an example, they might reduce themselves or other people to a single, usually negative characteristic or description such as a failure. When people label, they define themselves and others based off a single event or behavior. Labeling can cause people to berate themselves. It can also cause a thinker to misunderstand and underestimate others. This misperception can cause problems between people. So you have a lot of conflicts in your relationships when you have the labeling one. So these are all examples of distorted thinking, and we are all human, so I'm pretty sure out of all the ones you've, that I've read, you've probably experienced, if not one, if not multiple, if not all of them, child, at some point in your life, and maybe moving forward you will, and it's important to really recognize these things and figure out ways in which we are allowing the devil to play in our heads and to have negative emotions. So I'm going to give you my faithful recommendations and i'm also going to give you the researchers recommendations with this too so i'm going to start off with the researchers recommendations and then we're going to get into what i've done to help myself out so one is to identify the troublesome thought 
When you realize a thought is causing anxiety or dampening your mood, a good first step is to figure out what kind of distorted thinking is taking place from what I just described. Try reframing the situation. Look for shades of gray and alternative explanations, objective evidence, and positive interruptions, interpretations to expand your thinking. You might find it helpful to write down your original thought, followed by three or four alternative interpretations. Another is to perform a cost-benefit analysis. People usually repeat behaviors that deliver some benefit, so you might find it helpful to analyze your thought patterns and how they helped you cope in the past. Do they give you a sense of control in the situation, or do you feel powerless? Do you allow yourself to avoid taking responsibility, or do you take necessary risk? You can also ask yourself what engaging co in cognitive distortions cost you, weighing the pros and the cons of the patterns that can motivate you to changing your thought process. And you can also consider cognitive behavioral therapy in which I was doing therapy for my negative thought process child. And it helped me out a lot in saying like, I can't generalize certain events. One bad day is one bad day. Doesn't mean it's gonna be an entire bad month, right? And here are the faithful recommendations that I've also implemented in my life. So that current overgeneralization, the constant fear, a lot of times most of these distortive thinking patterns come from PTSD of trauma. We've heard anxiety and depression mentioned numerous times. It's like no getting away from it. There are thickest thieves with these thought patterns. And so the first things first is I had to fix my overconsumption of non-Christ-like things. So that was with everything. And I want to say music was probably the last thing that I implemented. And thus far, filtering my music has helped me greatly in this journey of establishing peace and just being still and not feeling helpless and hopeless. Now, when you talk about the things that you consume, we know that when you consume a lot of calories and don't burn it all, you gain weight. This is, this is weight loss 101. The more calories you burn, the more you can lose weight, you know? And so when you think about consuming things like TV shows, like music, like podcasts, like YouTube, like TikToks, we consume so much information now because of technology that there's no getting away from it. And it can get so easy to be in the weeds that, like I used to watch Insecure before and watch everything before, but when I start really watching what I watch and making sure that I'm not watching things that show sex all the time, that talk about sex all the time, not listening to music that constantly talks about sex. Then I get on TikTok and I'm seeing things about relationship, relationship, relationship. Then I get on Instagram and I see an ad about whatever. Then I'm typing on my computer and I get an email. It's, it follows you. And so when you filter one thing, it starts to kind of filter, you know, because we have the little, oh, they be listening in and that's how they know how to give us the ads, right? They be listening in and that's very true. But once you start to filter one thing, you start to become more sensitive and more aware of the things that you are looking at. And so when I was watching Insecure again, I got into three episodes before it was like, damn, I can't even watch a full episode without someone talking about sex or without seeing someone have sex. This is freaking ridiculous. I can't even listen to a rap song without somebody talking about sex. It's like, damn, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. 
So when I started filtering my consumption of media, not only with just sex, but even if it's like negative stuff. And it's another example I had to filter. I got to the point when I was like watching the news every day. Growing up, you watch the news every day. And something about the news likes to instill fear into people. Because when you can make when you can instill fear into people, you can in a sense control them. And the news only really talks about negative stuff, negative stuff, negative stuff. Now the news segments, they do have positive stuff and they open like small businesses and stuff, but that's usually like not during like times that you're about to go to school or you're coming home from work. Right. And not only that, I was listening to earn your leisure, like the financial podcast and y'all every podcast they're talking about it's recession it's recession recession's coming up recession's coming up and it just created this sense of uneasiness and this sense of panic and the sense of fear in me and those aren't the traits that you receive from god when we hear and listen to the bible and you even go to church like you don't hear people talking about fear god gives us fear right it's not a sense of panic that god gives us god has gifted us with peace Jesus has left. He is the God of peace. And so if you are feeling like that, it's probably because you are over consuming and things that do not bring you peace. Start to filter out those things. The second thing I had to do is I was unknowingly practicing witchcraft. And I talked about this. So the second point you are causing yourself mental destruction and mental suffering is one overconsumption of things you're not supposed to be consuming child two unknowingly or knowingly practicing witchcraft slash new age christian christianity i got so deep into yoga and that's a whole episode that we that you can visit it's the spiritual warfare episode <laughs> in season one i got so deep into yoga and i was unknowingly practicing and worshiping Hindu gods with my body, my breath work, my movements, and with going deep into these yoga classes. And every time, I kid y'all not, y'all, this was my whole season of when I was going through therapy and I just read to y'all the um, mental distortions as well. I was going through a huge depressive episode. I was having a lot of anxiety. And every time I thought the yoga was helping me out, I would leave yoga feeling uneasy, And I just thought it was, dang, I can't even be good at doing yoga. And I would beat myself up about it. But it wasn't the fact that I wasn't good at doing yoga. It was the fact that I was participating unknowingly in witchcraft. So check the things that you are doing. Question everything. And make sure that this is actually something that aligns with what you believe in. Because if you believe in God, there should be no reason why you are doing tarot cards. There are no reason why you are going to someone who does who's a psychic or a medium there should be no reason why you're watching shows that have psychics or mediums there should be no reason why you are charging crystals on the windowsill like it either is or isn't like you can't do things that conflict with what you truly believe in because then you start inviting other things in right and so the last thing is wandering away from the community 
and away from church. So when I say wandering away from community, this can be very general. Like to me, it was away from church. To you, it can just be away from people in general. And the Bible states that it's not good for men to be alone. I talk about this in so many episodes. Like I talk about this when making friends and finding like-minded people. It's not good for you to be alone because one, you need a friend to bounce ideas off of. My friends check me in my behaviors. I check them in my behaviors. In a sense, the community kind of holds you accountable. And not only that, you need a Christ-like community to center you and to ground you into this world of complete chaos and panic. And so if you don't have a community like that, who's to say that you won't get sucked up into the everyday natures of this world? Who's to say, see, I didn't really have a community when I was out here deep into yoga. And if I did, my community probably would have told me, um, don't really think that this is the way. But because I was a lone wolf, I was a sheep that just, you know, walked away from the little herd. My shepherd was binding me, child. God never leaves us and forsake us. But I was not in a community to kind of check me. And so the community will hold you accountable. And so with these three faithful things that I have implemented in my life and the things that I shared about the research with the distorted thinking, these are ways that you can stop <laughs> causing your own mental suffering and stop inviting the devil and the enemy to play around in your life and to play in your face. And I'll love y'all so much. Not I'll love y'all. What is going on with me today? I don't know. I love y'all so much. And I will see y'all in the next podcast.